You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is it. The experiment's over. This is the last episode of the Just Baseball Show we will ever record. The 2021 season's over. That means we are going to go crawl back into the hole that we came from and never come out. Jack and Peter Apple. Today is Thursday, November 4th. We're joking. The offseason's our jam. But first, the Braves won the World Series, Peter. The Braves won the World Series the first time since 1995. I thought you were going to intro with, oh my God, the Braves did it. But you're like, we're in the thick of it. We're quitting. But we got to give these damn Braves some goddamn credit. I mean, oh my God, what a season. Oh my God, what a season. I mean, they lost Mike Soroka before the season even began. Soroka had a ruptured Achilles. He was making his way back. Massive setback and rehab. He's done. You're not having who you thought was your ace coming into the 2020 season, maybe even coming into the 2021 season. And then you have the second best player on planet Earth at time of injury go down with a torn ACL. And I said it on the podcast in mid-April. I will stand by it. Ronald Acuna Jr. at the time of injury was the second best baseball player on planet Earth, only behind Mike Trout. And you lose the 40-40 guy. You lose the person that could do it. And you still pull this shit out of your hat. So what we're going to talk about today, not only are we going to go over game six, we're going to talk about Buster Posey. We're going to talk about some managerial decisions. But let me take you through the Braves season because it's frankly amazing. Yeah, and and I just hit on the two major injuries. There's a lot more in there. There are a There's, lot of minor things that people forget. It was seriously like you, you, you call the downfall of Ron Acuna, Mike Soroka, and that's absolutely correct. But there was so many more little tidbits throughout the season that I just feel the Braves deserve the credit here. Yeah. So April 1st, the Braves opened the season with an 81 and a half win projection from Fangraphs and a starting outfield of Marcelo Zuna in left, Christian Pache in center, and Ronald Acuna Jr. in right field. <laughs> Fast forward one month into the season on May 1st, they sit in fourth place at 12 and 15 with a negative run differential. And at least through the first month, right? I don't even think we really thought it was their season. No, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. Fast forward to May 29th, star outfielder Marcelo Zuna. If you don't know the situation, it's just simply not good. I don't know if he's ever going to play another game in a baseball uniform. Yeah, assault charges for Marcelo Zuna. He did a terrible thing. He's a bad guy. Like I, there's. I just don't want to give him like airtime. I just yeah. want to be like he was terrible. Now he's gone, and that happened on May 29th. Cool. Fast forward to June 1st. A couple of days later, the Braves are still two games under 500 while still maintaining a negative run differential. June 26th, like you said, star pitcher Mike Soroka re-injures his Achilles, requiring season-ending surgery. July 1st, the Braves have fallen to third place in the NL East and remain under 500, still under 500 on June 1st at 39 and 41. Now, July 10th, what looked like to be the worst day in Atlanta sports history, it seemed like. Superstar outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL requiring season-ending surgery as well. At the time, Jack, Ronald Acuna was leading the National League in war. So when you were saying he was the second-best player, maybe behind Mike Trout at the time. Trout was hurt. So then he was the best player in baseball. Yeah. like Or at least two. There was no argument. I mean, can you find a World Series team that lost their leader in war midway through and then won the World Series? Can you think of one? No, does that team exist? It's because they don't exist. Wow. That has never happened before in the history of Major League Baseball. Damn. July 13th, three days later, this is the low point. The Braves have a 0.3% chance of winning the World Series. Two days later, the Braves acquire Jock Peterson. On July 30th, the Braves were 51 and 54 and in third place in the NL East. As the trade deadline approached, they added Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and Adam Duvall, along with relief pitcher Richard Rodriguez. From July 30th to August 31st, the Braves go 19 and 8 and slingshot themselves into first place in the division. Then they make the playoffs. With an 88-win team, they were underdogs in every single series, yet they beat the 95-win Brewers, who I think everyone thought was had the best starting pitching in baseball. Yeah. Then they go beat the 106-win Los Angeles Dodgers, who we thought was probably the best overall team in the playoffs. Yeah. And then they lose their best pitcher in game one, still an underdog in the series, beat the 95-win Houston Astros, who I think we both agree as well, had the best offense in baseball. In six games, not a seventh, to win the World Series. Going through their timeline, it's one of the most amazing flights to a championship I've, I've seen in our sport in my 23 years of living. You know, the haters were out in full force, right? Like yeah. the Braves haters existed at every juncture in this 2021 season. When Soroka went down, season mm-hmm. over, right? Uh, 81 and a half. I think Fangraphs uses Pakoda. I mean, Pakoda, people have bones to pick with Pakoda all the time. Very reasonably. They're not right that often. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't 81 and a half with a fully healthy Braves team feel like they were going to soar past that? 
I mean, if you yeah. told me, if you told me on July 29th, before they went and got all these guys, um, yeah, maybe July 29th isn't the right date. If you told me on opening day that the Braves would have an outfield of Ozuna, Pache, and Acuna, and the lineup that they win the World Series with is, or the outfield that they win the World Series with is Duvall, Peterson, Rosario, and Jorge Soler. I'd be Crazy. Like, how the hell did we get like that's a monumental collapse you just be like you're lying or like that's not real Those right it's just, just like just, wait that opening just, day that opening day outfield is so much better and then you're like wait jorge soler just won world series mvp like, there are so many weird wrinkles to this brave season that just make zero sense but it, it makes all the sense in the world because it's funny and if you think moving into the world series just going back to the jorge soler part did we think even he had a chance out of all of the outfielders to win the World Series MVP? He was plus 3,500 according to DraftKings. Think about it. If you had to guess, I mean, you went Rosario. You could have gone with Jocktober. Was Soler, and then Duvall was hitting the crap out of all. Was Soler maybe the fourth option to win MVP in that outfield? Yeah, I mean, how about the guy that was second <laughs> in the National League in bombs and led yeah. the National League in RBIs? Like I, That would have been my pick. Uh, the other one would have been the guy that stood on his head in the NLCS, which is what I went with, and it's Jorge Soler, who hit under 200 with Kansas City and was a failed project with the Cubs. Yes, he had an AL home run crown to his name with the Royals in 2019, I do believe. But, I mean, Eugenio Suarez, I think, has a National League home run crown. Like, the home run crown in a one-off <laughs> year doesn't mean anything to me. But for Jorge Soler to hit a ball to Venus yeah. in game six, I mean, <laughs> that thing was mutilated. And the thing was absolutely – do you – wait, do you hear the just incessive honking outside my window? Yeah, we were in exact opposite places over the last – several days yes i am in manhattan you are in corn uh i'm not in corn anymore i'm in fishers indiana which is a northeast suburb of indianapolis um <laughs> let's finish talking about the braves and then i'll run you through okay. my, i'll run you through my week uh but yeah i mean this is this was an amazing season and there are still a lot of cop-outs for the haters to be using Titus and Tate. I mean, you know, my favorite non-baseball podcast out there, Titus and Tate. I love those guys. And if they have any baseball bone in their body, I want to pull it out of them. And I want them on this show because they're, they're awesome. Um, but I mean, Tate Frazier, I think it was in Maui. Tate asked Bill Self, the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, he said, you know, do you have a message to, uh, you know, like the haters of some sort, you know, what would you say to the haters right now? And it was just hilarious because, you know, they keep referring to the haters. Uh, what I will say is this, the Braves could have a lot of haters, right? How about Giants fans? How about Dodgers fans? How about Astros fans? How about anybody else that says the best team didn't win? You're right. The best team didn't win. The the Giants won 107 games. The Dodgers won 106. The Braves won 88. That was the lowest win total out of any team in the postseason, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. 88. They didn't have the second best player on planet Earth. They didn't have the guy we thought was the ace. I'm going to keep going back to that. They didn't have who we thought was a top 10 power bat in all of baseball. Maybe top 10 in the National League. I don't know where Marcelo Zuna ranked. 
Like they didn't have all of these big bopping pieces that we thought they were going to have. Yes, they did have Ozzy Albies. Yes, they had, you know, the 2020 MVP. But I mean, they won when they needed to. And that's the answer to all answers. I think, and when we're saying that the best team didn't win it, they might not pop off. They may not have the most elite lineup. They may not have the most elite starting. They may not have the Astros elite lineup. They might not have the Dodgers starting pitching. They might not have the Giants bullpen, but you know what they do have? They have top three in everything. Yep. They were just above average in every single facet of the game. And it's not even on just on the field. You, t- you think about their bench coaches. I mean, the Ron Washingtons of the yeah. world, the Brian Snickers of the world, their front office with Alex Anthopoulos, just through every level of this team, similar to the Giants who won 107 games, there was just no point of weakness with this team. We saw with the Astros, they obviously had a weakness in the starting pitching that you could go to, even when they lost Charlie Morton. Ian Anderson, Max Freed, even a guy like Kyle Wright. Guys were just filling in because they may not have had the best seven, but they had the best 40. Yeah, yeah. Here's, I think you just put it perfectly. I'm also going to point to the lack of dysfunction. There were some external factors um, that were cause for dysfunction with the Braves this year, one being the chop in the postseason. You know, you, you look at the chop and, and you understand where the social pushback on the chop is. Um, you know, you also have it, obviously, with Marcelo Ozuna. But here's the thing. I mean, they cut the court with Ozuna right away. They said, you're not part of this team. Like, they got the bullshit out of there. And they were so good at staying even keeled. I mean, think about when Freed sucked for the first month. He's, he just turned in a win in game six to clinch the World Series. Think about all the times that you could say Dansby Swanson's not the shortstop of the future here. Yep. that That's a guy that loves Atlanta. And guess what? The final out of the World Series rolled to him, and he made the play. And by the way, he hit a two-run bomb in the clincher. Like the, and, and that's – I've I, – like I took a step back too because I've been not anti-Dansby Swanson, just like – I think where the Braves are headed, I didn't know if he's really like an all-star level caliber shortstop. Okay. So but he's thing. maybe you don't maybe he's not a freak show, but he obviously has something in him that makes him a big time player. And I like those kind of guys. So I like this playoffs, I bought more and more into Dansby Swanson. And I think game six kind of put the cherry on the Sunday for me. Here's the thing that you don't think about from the fan perspective that we think about from the, I want to play 3d chess with the game of baseball perspective here. You can't pay an all-star. You can't pay 15 all-stars. You you can't. Right. So you're going to sign Freddie Freeman to a massive AAV deal. He's going to get what? 25 mil a year. Right. I mean, he could get 30 million. They could front load it. He could get 35 million a year realistically. I mean, he's, he's amazing, but he's a little bit older. So they might, they might, you know, give him what he earned. Yeah. Shorter time span, higher annual value. Yeah. You got Acuna and Albies on very friendly contracts, Albies, especially, I mean, that was robbery of Ozzy Albies, but you know, you've got those guys, you got to pay Austin Riley at some point, 
you know, I, I don't know what Pache is going to turn into, but you got to do that at some point. Um, although they might not have to actually, you, you have to pay Ian Anderson at some point, right? You want to keep Charlie Morton around for 20 mil next year. You want to, you know, keep Soroka around. If he looks good, you got to keep Max Fried around. You got to keep Will Smith around there. There are so many people that are going to earn a lot of money. And Dansby Swanson doesn't need to earn that much money. I like that much money. Relatively speaking, Dansby, I think made around $7 million this year. Mm-hmm. Arbitration might bump him to eight. And then I think he hits the open market. What's he get 10? You can pay 10. He's going to ask for 20. I mean, he's just going to ask for 20 million. Like that, that's what, that's where we're at with baseball. I mean, why wouldn't he ask for 20? He's a champion. He's, he's close to 30 home runs. He played decent defense. He can hit 260. Like he has the college pedigree. He was a number one draft pick. Like why wouldn't he get $20 million from like the angels or something? When the market <laughs> freezes him out because nobody wants to pay him 20, guess who's going to be around ready to pay him 10 the team that he 12 won the world yeah series with right the team that he won the world series with that he that he loves he loves atlanta he's from around there he went to school in nashville that's not far like it's what do you think he does like wh- where are you where are you on dansby swanson i think dansby is 15 mil a year for five years I mean, it's like a it's like a gala mayhew type contract that's a 10 to 15 shortstop in baseball and that's what dansby is you don't need top 10 everywhere but are we is that where he is he's not a top 10 guy he's not a top 10 guy and and i think that he's got to understand that he won't when he hits the market but i mean that's also not a slight to him too because the shortstop position just in general is so loaded like i mean like guys who might falter towards the back half half of that top 10 is dansby swanson better than bo bichette right probably not maybe a tim anderson He's not better than Tim Anderson. Like that's where we're at. That doesn't mean that he's bad. That just means the level of competition at shortstop is so strong. Yeah, Like Tim Anderson is a perennial all-star. Like that's how that works. Bo Bichette has perennial all-star capabilities, but you know, you've got to pay all these guys at some point. Atlanta and Alex Anthopoulos do as good a job as anybody. Anthopoulos in particular, because he did it in Toronto too. At, at locating guys that aren't uber million dollars right yeah so you've got guys that just make massive signings and sometimes it doesn't work <clears throat> aj preller <clears throat> <laughs> and then you've got other guys that pay massive amounts of money and it always works out <clears throat> andrew friedman and then you've got guys that don't spend any money but just study harder than everybody <clears throat> eric neander And then you've got guys like Alex Anthopoulos and David Stearns that just spend money in the right ways. Yeah. And that's what they're going to keep on doing. So I think they're going to pay the right people. I loved your bold take that you threw on TikTok yesterday that the Braves are going to repeat as world champs. Freddie Freeman. This was like a three for one. This was like the, the shampoo conditioner body wash that, my girlfriend said she would literally break up with me if I ever purchased a three in one. So let, let me let me let me say the bold take. So the yeah. bold take was the Braves will re-sign Freddie Freeman. Austin Riley will win the NL MVP. Yeah. And the Braves will repeat as champions. Yeah. I don't remember the last repeat champion. Is it in the late 90s? Wasn't it the Yankees? Was it was it the Yankees? Oh yeah, of course I remember the last team to repeat. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) 
But yeah, in actuality, it's because I saw what Austin Riley did this year. I don't see him taking a step back. I see this now being the new Austin Riley. In my opinion, his swing profile, a lot of what he does compares to me, Josh Donaldson. That's the name that comes out. Remember when Josh Donaldson won an MVP not so long ago? Yeah. I think Austin Riley could have a where he hits 310. He hits 40 bombs, drives in 110, and then keeps improving on defense like he already has been. Braves get Acuna back, Soroka back. They still got free. They still got Anderson. Morton should be okay. Huascar, you know, uh, this bullpen, what's to say the Braves can't do it again? There's a chance that they lose nobody of impact besides the outfield that they piece together. And if that's the deciding factor between a World Series, then maybe we just brought up we're brought up on good luck. But I think this Braves team has a little bit extra something there. I don't think it's just because those four outfielders. Because they, I mean, we even look at the World Series. Yeah. Um, like a guy like Jock, he hit 067 in the World Series. A guy like Adam Duvall hit 208. I mean, it's not like these guys were terrible. It's not like they were holes. But you know. We'll see. I just really like the Braves next year. Um, and that's where that take kind of came from. And yeah. I don't know. What do you think about the Austin Riley? What do you think about that? Well, before we dive into that, I just sneezed, but I put myself on mute because I'm a respectful guy. See, I didn't even see that. Yeah, just wanted to uh, credit myself for that. Um, I think that's a fair take. Here's what I brought up to you. And we're going to dive into a lot of your hot takes. I'm going to dive into some of my hot takes on what's to come in the 2022 season. We'll start to get into that actually tomorrow's episode. Yes, sir. But I'm, I'm going to go one by one because I think one of those things is going to happen. I okay. think Freddie Freeman's going to get re-signed. Absolutely. The reason I don't think Austin Riley is going to win MVP, even though I think he can put up like Josh Donaldson best year type numbers, mm-hmm. is because I don't think that type of player wins an MVP anymore because there are guys that do more than that. Uh, and it, how quickly the game has changed is astonishing. I think I brought it up. There were 28 guys that threw 200 plus innings in 2015. There were four guys that threw 200-plus innings in 2021. This game is changing quicker than any other sport. It may be in the history of sports. The NBA and their three-point craze is the closest thing, but that was slow. That was a slow burn. Dude, we see it in the World Series. Small ball is done. The team that won the World Series was the Atlanta Braves, who had 11 home runs versus the Astros, too. What we also saw was the beginning of the four-inning starter. Max Freed, I think he had the longest start in the World Series at six innings. Yep. The longest. That's a quality start. That's the requirement, six innings. That shouldn't be a long start for a playoff ace. Nope. But yet it is now. So we're seeing the game change almost throughout the playoffs. And the Braves, I mean, you can't fault them. You can't fault these teams for playing the matchups. I mean, we know. We saw the stats. We heard Joe Buck and John Smoltz saying third time through the order, this team hits 380 versus 227 second time. Why wouldn't you throw in the reliever? But in the new collective bargaining bargaining agreement, I really want to see them make sure that these starters go longer than six. Because if we have more games that started eight and end at midnight with seven different pitching changes and a new matchup every inning. Like it it becomes a game that 
is becomes unwatchable to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, with, with the, the fabric of the game changing like that, the starting pitcher being extinct in the postseason, And there are a lot of very credible people that think that that's actually going to change in 2022. And they thought 2021 was just an anomaly because it was coming off of the shortened season, which I hear, I hear that. I also think that the game has fundamentally changed. Um, You know, what I was saying is I, I don't think that the Josh Donaldson type, the Austin Riley type is a good enough superstar player to win an MVP anymore. Jose Abreu felt like a massive outlier last year. I mean, it's 2020, 60 game season. And you can make the argument that he shouldn't have even won it. Right. Exactly. Like here's the thing. And we throw Jose Ramirez probably should have won it that year. Right. Like we, whatever. we played. <laughs> Who we also played. stole those 25 or 30, well, he didn't steal 25 bags in a, in a, a 60 game season. But it, it, I understand what you're saying. That level of he can just do more and Ronald Acuna can just do more than yeah. Austin Riley. Yeah, we, we played, we were on the phone earlier today and we played the numbers game. And you said if, if Austin Riley hits 320 with 45 bombs and 120 RBIs and plays solid defense, shouldn't he win the MVP? And I said, yes, comma, but yeah. Yeah. What if Acuna hits 300 and has a 40 40 season? And then I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> well, I'm saying if those two things happen, the Braves are repeating. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Because yes. <laughs> then they have Albies and, and Freeman. And it's like, I mean, what are we even talking about here? But the thing is, can you get the Eddie Rosario in the NLCS? Like, that's yes. the question. That's why the yes. Dodgers lost. That's why the Giants lost. Uh, but the Braves, congratulations to you, World Series champs. I just brought up that's why the Giants lost. The Giants are going to be without a Titan and a guy who's going to get some Hall of Fame votes now. But all, all I was going to say was we could go over the game. They won 7-0, to zero, but it was kind of just the Braves just were hitting and the Astros didn't and Max Free did his job and the Braves won the World Series. That's why it was like, should we go over the individual nuances of the game? And it was like, wait, I mean, the Braves just hit. Scored seven runs and the Astros didn't do anything. They won. Yeah. What? Six of their seven runs came from home runs, right? Home runs from Solaire, Swanson, Freeman, pack it up. We're good to go. Kind of an underwhelming game six. I mean, I was so happy to see the Braves win. It was just kind of underwhelming a little bit. Listen, the Braves are going to take an underwhelming win over. Oh, a- yeah. No, props the Bra- not, not the Braves' fault that they scored seven runs. I'm just saying, in terms of just the watching the game, there, it was oh. not the. It was not 2016 game seven Cubs Indians where Rajai Davis is hitting it into, you know, in the left field. So it's not one of those games. And they're going to remember it just the same in Atlanta. As they should. And they deserve every second of it. As they should. I want to dive into the the backstop in San Francisco. We're kind of transitioning into the housekeeping aspect uh, of this show because... Honestly, it kind of feels like we've been we've been, we've been very, on World Series watch, right? Like it's just yeah. been tunnel vision, and we haven't acknowledged anything that happened yeah. outside of the World Series. Uh, so now we are getting out and saying, "Oh, that that flew by about and twenty see, minutes ago." I'm kind of excited to do that. Like I love reporting on the World Series. I love following every single second of it. But I yeah. love covering the entire league, going through every other team's positions. Cause like, we didn't even talk about the Astros and the, you know, or not the Astros, like the Dodgers and the giants and all these teams losing what their off season is going to look like. That's why I'm so excited to go over all of these off season plans, top tens, everything for the off season. It's going to be freaking awesome. But Buster Posey retired, dude. Yeah. Buster Posey retired. This guy's going to get some hall of fame votes. I don't know if he's hall of fame caliber, but he's going to get some hall of fame votes. Buster Posey 
during that even year voodoo that the Giants had, he was the best player. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any argument there. You know, you could say that Bumgarner, but like, I mean, he's the pitcher. Yeah. He's not there all the time. Buster Posey has an MVP, he has a rookie of the year. Buster Posey was a seven time All Star, three time World Series champ, four time Silver Slugger, has a gold glove, has a batting title. I mean, this guy in his career had a 302 batting average. As a OPS catcher. of 831. OPS plus a 129. A career war of 44.9. And by the way, congrats to you, Buster Posey, for raking in $146 million over your career. Get your bag, son. <laughs> so I remember, first of all, get your bag stunned. $146 million. Congratulations, Buster Posey. One thing I will say, I remember when we were having this exact same discussion because it was asked on one of the mailbag episodes, is Buster Posey a Hall of Famer? And we were talking about it saying he's on the trajectory. But we said, can he put up one more season like he did this year? Or if the Giants win a ring, Giants did not win a ring and now he's retiring. So now we take a step back and say, is this really a Hall of Fame career? You know, looking at it from... I think he is. I think it's going to be close. I think his, I think, you know, narratives, right? He's a champion. He came back from the leg injury. Wasn't the rule changed because of that exact leg injury? Posey rule. I don't know if that exactly will put him into the Hall of Fame, but I think all these tiny little things might all add up. So if he doesn't exactly have the numbers, people will look at the peak and realize this is one. You can't really tell the story of baseball without Buster Posey. Yeah, I, you know, I personally am one of those people that values longevity. But much like Calvin Johnson and much like Patrick Willis, you know, I, these are where the exceptions come, you know? Bill Walton? Yeah, these are where the exceptions come. You like how I just said Bill Walton? Yeah. I, I thought he had a long and fruitful NBA career, but I guess not. Wasn't he an 11 year NBA bet? I'm looking I have no up right idea. Now. I know that he had some great hair. Bill just... Walton career seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say he had 11 seasons. Wow. Okay. 10 so 10 seasons. I'm a genius. You are. Congratulations. <laughs> um, we're both college basketball people. So we're going to start getting into that. When I told you that this was our last episode ever, it's because this is being rebranded as the just college hoops show. Um, the just Syracuse Orange you know, fight for the, uh, to make, even make the tournament this year. Yeah. We've talked about this. I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll root for him. Want our team to be good. So bad, but let's get back to baseball. We'll talk uh, about yeah, basketball let's, let's in March. <laughs> but here's the thing. So like Bill Walton, right? Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis. These are people that you look at and say, can I make the exception on longevity? Buster Posey yeah. is the first guy that I've really in my time of adamantly following everything there is to follow about baseball he's the first guy that has made me genuinely kind of shift my focus on not valuing longevity and i think that speaks to what posey accomplished in 12 years i also want to run down how good he was at both through the entirety of his career not once across his 12 seasons did buster posey have a negative defensive war He was one of the best defensive catchers in baseball the entire time that he was playing baseball. Offensively, there was only one year 
that he had a negative offensive war. That was his age 22 season in 2009. He had 17 plate appearances. This guy was at the very least pretty good at everything every year. Most of the time, he was great at both. He was a really good defender, and he was even a good defender this year. Yeah. Like, that's why when I saw the alert, I was just like, how can you retire? But I want to do a quick exercise. Do you have Buster Posey stats pulled up? Yes. I have Ted Simmons stats pulled up, who was just inducted in 2020 as the last catcher, and there's now 19 catchers in the Hall of Fame. Now, Ted Simmons did not get the traditional vote. He was off the ballot. The senior writers voted him in. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Why can't Buster Posey get in from senior votes? Hey, good. So I'm saying, so we got we got a 21-year career. That's the difference. 248 home runs, a 285 batting average, a 348 on base, a 437 slogging, and a 118 OPS plus. Buster Posey was better in literally everything except home runs and RBIs, but those are counting stats because he played nine fewer years than Ted Simmons. Let's see how many gold gloves Ted Simmons has. Oh, that was easy. He has zero. He has zero. Posey has one. That's what I'm I'm just like, there's only 19 catchers in and you go through the names and it's a lot of legends. Barra, Bench, Piazza. Yeah, keep I mean, going. I mean, yeah, we can keep going. I mean, yeah, Mike Piazza, Pudge even made Fisk. it. Yeah, Fisk. I mean, Josh Gibson back in the Negro League days. And legend. Legend. Gary Carter, the old Mets days. I mean, there's legends, but like, is Gary Carter a better all time player than a Buster Posey? Yeah, but like, how many active catchers get in like just yachty right i mean think about it who are the greatest catchers of our generation yachty molina and buster posey yeah i guess i guess we can go back in our age bracket we caught the back end of jorge posada i, I was yankee fan i think those two are better than jorge posada was me too but jorge posada is not going to probably not going to be a hall of famer no. jorge posada also has the championship pedigree that posey had but I think Posey was a better overall player than Posada was. Totally. Posey won an MVP. It's. Do you think Joe Maurer is going to make the Hall of Fame? <sighs> Joe Maurer doesn't have the pedigree that he does either. He's not a winner. He was just a beast. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Maurer. <laughs> Those PlayStation commercials were awesome. Um, I don't know. Final thought on this. If you had a Hall of Fame ballot. And Posey was on it. You had nine votes, and it came down to Posey and Yachty. Who are you voting for? Oh. Yachty. Me too. Yeah. So if only but one did, gets do they in. Have to, but do we have to choose? Yeah, you only had one more vote. In this hypothetical? Or, or you could be the guy that just mails in an empty ballot every time, and he screwed Griffin. Yeah, what a dick. Ballot. <laughs> dick. I... Yachty. 
I Yachty's still playing. Yeah. God. <laughs> he just signed another deal. Outlasted Posey. Also, speaking of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, they have a new manager. Yeah. Oliver Marmel, 35-year-old bench coach. Mike Schultz gone. Difference in philosophies. Mike Schultz, we thought, might get the Padres job, but the Padres just got Bob Melvin, which is a fantastic get for the Padres. Fantastic. I mean, we've been we've been talking up Bob Melvin for since we were project the plate. Yeah. Two what? quick what thoughts. Do you have to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're getting all like, because mm. <laughs> I'm actually go. not. I'm not sitting on a real seat right now. I, yeah. I've been sitting and moving. Yeah, we still got to get to my week from hell. We'll we'll do that at the end. Um. So with Marmol, I think it's very clear that Mike Schultz was not listening to the decision makers, the script makers, the R and D departments. Yes, organizational. Uh, disconnect means that Mike Schilt and John Moselock did not see baseball the same way. I think um, I don't know what Marmol is going to look like. Maybe a little bit like what Jace Tingler looked like in San Diego. And I don't know how that worked. It was fine, but it, it wasn't as good as it needed to be. Hence the Padres hiring Bob Melvin. So I, what I think here is two organizations that are trying different things at manager. That's where my mind goes, right? So the Cardinals had that traditional players coach guy, like who is a full-blown manager. Yeah. Mike Schilt. He learned how to manage. With Marmol, it's, did he really learn how to manage? You know, it's, we don't know. What's he going to be? We don't know. That's the the tough thing, especially with managers nowadays. How much autonomy is Marmol going to have over the Cardinals? You know, is he is he going to be a guy where they give him the game plan and it's just this is our game plan? And right. And and then my mind goes to San Diego and like that scenario is totally different. So what what Marmol will likely deal with is what Tingler was just dealing with, and yep. that obviously didn't work. So maybe the Padres are saying, "Well, we just tried that. If that doesn't work, like let's let's go back to the." I learned how to manage Bob Melvin, right? It felt like it felt like Bob Melvin learned how to manage and it felt like he was the manager. He was the decision maker in Oakland and it was working really freaking well. So I I think that I think the Padres are in a better spot in the cards right now. Oh, I mean it's not even close. My, my I don't understand kind of what teams are doing, right? Like you go from a Jace Tingler to a Bob Melvin. I assume you want a Jace Tingler there in order to you know, I assume the AJ Prellers of the world are being like, this is our game script. This is how we're going to play. But then you go to a Bob Melvin who I don't think there's is, I think Bob Melvin is managing. I think Brian Snicker is managing. I think Schilt was managing. And I, you know what I mean when I say managing, like, are yeah. they going to go straight to Melvin? And they're just like, you know what? We're backing off now. We saw that it didn't work, but then the Cardinals made the playoffs and are now going back to that equation and saying, this is now going to work. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong. No to like just Tingler and we're comparing them because of young and they were in similar situations, but they're not the same guy. Marmo could be great. We don't know, but it, that's what it just feels like. 
I'm worried that the dry sarcasm is going to get lost with what I'm about to say right now. So I'm going to get close to the mic to add to the, uh, the aura. Okay. All right. Do what you got to do. When you say good managers, when you say guys that know how to manage, don't forget about Tony LaRusso on the South side of Chicago. Yeah. The White Sox were great. The playoffs. Yeah. They were awesome. Gary Crochet, three games in a row. Like an idiot. (laughs) He's actually managing. I don't even know if he prepares. Let's go to the the big southpaw. (laughs) He still throws 100, right? I saw him on TV throwing 101 last postseason. Oh, nope. He's at 96. Let's go to the big lefty. I wanted to know what Tony LaRusso's favorite stat is. I wonder if he looks at stats. It's probably hits. (laughs) Just. You know what I care about? That that letter H. You got 200, you're each hero. <laughs> and it's, I mean, Tony LaRusso is, it's, we're making fun of him. He's one of the greatest managers of all time. Of yeah, all but, time. Yeah, but he's not one of the greatest in 2021. Like, there has to be this middle ground. And yeah. who's the perfect guy right now? I don't know who the middle ground is. I have no idea. I don't know. I think Alex Cora is good. I don't know who's good. Yeah, so like Cora and David Ross and Kevin Cash, like are they all cut from the same cloth? Gabe Kapler, is he cut from that cloth? Like I think that's the good manager. That's who you want to hire now. And we always talk managers because with players, there's so many ways you can compare. With managers, we have no idea. So it's like almost more fun. It's all subjective. It's all it's all subjective. That's like that's why we like talking about executives because we look at transactions yeah. and we're like, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That exactly correct. Man. Is there any other housekeeping things that we have to? I mean, the Braves, they won the World Series, you know. Mike Schilt, even though their team made the playoffs and they won like 70 games in a row. He's not a manager anymore. Yeah. Bob Melvin, Padre, oh. Tucker Barnhart. Is a tiger? Yeah, Tucker Barnhart's a tiger. That that's a big splash. <laughs> I Aram, it was so funny because I tweeted. I was like, as soon as Tucker Barnhart, because I really wanted him on the Yankees because I thought it'd be perfect. Yankees need a defensive catcher like that, lefty hitter. He's not great, but he'd be a huge step up over Higgy and Gary. I mean, you know how I think about Gary. So I said, ah, dang it, he should have been a Yankee. And then Arm comments like, we're already here. Like every free agent is already should be a Yankee. I was like, well, you took it out of context. But yes, yes, I'll yeah. be doing it all season. This guy should have been a Yankee for this reason. Yeah, I I don't think I, I have any more at the, the forefront of my mind when it comes to housekeeping. I will say this. I am very excited for A, our bold predictions going to 2022 to drop tomorrow i'm also very excited to start talking about the lockout and mm-hmm. start talking about the collective bargaining agreement and start talking about what a contract for carlos correa is going to look like and what a contract for eddie adrianza is going to look like like yeah that's fun the entire spectrum i i want to see what that stuff looks like and that's what we look forward to talking about um yeah, do you want to do you want to hear my schedule and then we can say see ya? I, I gotta get this off my chest. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I don't even know how you're recording right now. Yeah, man, I'm I'm running on fumes right now, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah it was fun. It. We had a good time. We always I have love a good recording. Time. <laughs> I love you. I love uh, you too. I guess I love Arm too. <laughs> I love. We love Arm. And we Arm's gonna be on tomorrow. We're all gonna do. We got bold. Arm's gonna be on tomorrow. We'll be chilling. 
And um, it's funny. I, I gave my five bold takes. I have five. I have 15. I have like, I can, I could do this all day. I love this shit. Oh yeah. Uh, just whip us into a frenzy, man. Uh, <laughs> here, here's my schedule dating back retroactive to Saturday. I like using IL terms for this. Um, so Saturday I drive from Chicago to Indianapolis, right? Easy. Not many obligations there. I had to record an interview on Saturday. I was good to go. That's fine. Sunday, wake up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning, fly out to Charlotte. And I'm not complaining about that because it was awesome. I got to see a whole bunch of old Syracuse friends, not named Peter or Aram, and we, we had a good time. Um, introduced them to Vizzy Hard Seltzer, which is far and away the best hard seltzer in the game. If you not want to sponsor ad. us, Vizzy, feel free. <laughs> um, so that was great. Monday night, I fly back to Indianapolis. Tuesday morning, I get in the car and go five hours to Akron to see peak Maction. Ball State escapes Akron with a W over the zips. Tuesday night football, baby. Uh, peak Maction. I love it. Peak Maction. Uh, late fumble at the goal line. Ball State recovers in, their, in the uh, end zone. Touchback. You know, run the ball out. Uh, run the clock out. Um, we pull back into the hotel around 1245. Uh, get to bed by 1 a.m. I just immediately hit the sack. Wake up at 7 on Wednesday morning. Drive the five hours back to Muncie, Indiana, and call a Ball State women's exhibition game uh, against Ohio, no, um, Oakland. Oakland City. Yeah, Oakland City University. Uh, the Mighty Oaks in Oakland City, Indiana. And uh, that was Dame Willard from Oakland City, Indiana. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Not from Oakland, Michigan either. He's from a different Oakland. No, but when Um, you when you asked me, you're like, guess where Oakland City is, and I was like, Dame Lillard's from Oakland, California. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So so big win. Like I'm talking like near a hundred point win. Uh, so that's that takes us to Wednesday, which is winter recording. Tomorrow, Thursday, today, Thursday, I drive back to Chicago, uh, which is three hours. Friday, I get on a plane to go to Athens, Georgia, with my girlfriend to go see her younger sister and go see Georgia play Missouri on Saturday. That's fine. Saturday, not traveling. It's going to be great. Georgia's going to blow them out, right? Blow them out. Blow them out. Georgia's the best team in country? Oh, far and away. Far Better than Alabama? Still? This defense, dude? I mean, this defense is almost giving up half the points that the next best defense in the country is giving up. Kirby yeah, smart knows what he's doing there. Oh, but he's, uh, he's known what he's doing. He's known what he's doing. Yeah. I think he's the best. I think he's the second best coach in America, only behind Saban. Um, what about Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Appointment listening for you. people. <laughs> if you haven't heard Colin coward talking to Jim Harbaugh, it's, Harbaugh so funny, dude. Job. it's hilarious. I will just tell you this. Um, the best line is Harbaugh says, do you have any eligibility, Colin? Uh, so know that. And the best coward line is after he hangs up on Harbaugh, he says, I've been in this business 10 or so years. That was a clunker. I know a clunker when I get one. Some don't work. Some don't <laughs> work. work. <laughs> that interview did not work. You got to listen to that. Um, yeah. So fly back Sunday, Monday, drive back to Indy. And then I'm, I'm land bound for a little bit. So I am, I am parading the Midwest with some stops in the Southeast and, uh, I'm living the nomad life, but you know what? I love it. And love talking baseball with you guys. It is kind of cool that throughout the country, your voice is being heard. (sighs) 
Yeah. And it will continue to be heard, Jack McFallon, because you got a voice from God. I mean, what can I say? Thanks, man. Um, you are incredibly talented. You kicked ass with all the picks this year. This guy's mental fortitude to get up every single day and deliver the people what they needed with not gambling advice is stupidly absurd. How this guy could dig that deep and do that, I mean, that's that's digging as deep as I've ever seen somebody dig. So you got through a baseball season, sleep in for once in the last eight months, uh, and we'll talk about hot takes again uh, tomorrow. The problem is, like, even this morning, I'm like, oh, I can sleep in. Woke up at seven. I can't even get out of it if I wanted to. Yeah. You're like, I got to I gotta do, like, a fat reset. But I, we just have off-season cover, so I may never do a fat reset. And you know what? I'm okay with it because I'm doing what I love, talking with people who I love. And I'll sleep when I'm dead. But, yes. you know, so how about, you know, should we go through the outro? Give us a follow on TikTok, yeah. on Instagram, at Just Baseball Fans. Check out our new postseason shirt. I know it's not the postseason anymore, but it's still available yep. on Pillbox Bat Code, the Just Baseball postseason shirt, Just Baseball merch. Use code Jack or use code Fade at Jack. Yep. You did fine in the playoffs. I did fine. Actually, I, I go with the value picks. You go with the value picks. Check us out on Twitch at Just Baseball Fans. Check us out on Discord. Everything can be found in the description of this show. Also, subscribe to our podcast so you get all of our off-season coverage right when we record. Got one more thing. The 2021 season is over, dude. It's wow. over. It's over. I've got one more thing non-baseball related that we got to plug. Just Gridiron fans is going dumb right now. Nuclear. Going a little stupid. It's going a little dummy. It's going a little dummy. Uh, and here's the deal. Peter is giving you NFL picks Thursday night, Monday night. He's also giving you several every Sunday. I'm giving you college football previews. I might start doing Maction previews. The people might need it. They it's might need funny. to be filled in on Drew Plitt's passer efficiency for Ball State football. I'm even looking at the bold takes, like just on on videos that have no relation to college football, anything. And it's like, where's the Maction? Like, I think yeah. people are getting into the Maction. Yeah, people love As they should. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think it's funny. Listen, can, I I work for Ball State. You guys need to join the Ball State bandwagon. Like, just baseball it. fans. Yeah, no, the just baseball crowd needs to be Ball State fans. Like, that's I how like that it. should work. Okay? I'm in. I'm in. Right. Who's say, the best player in Ball State? Say your thing. Thank you, everybody.